You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, here we are, episode 39. We have no ventrition shuffle. Oh man, that was a bad one. I I uh I told you to practice. I did, and I I had it right. I had it. No vem no. This is a tough one. No ventrition. Oh, it is a really tough one. I'm glad that we're done with the 30s after this. No ventrition tuppled. <laughs> wow. Our episode output. You're the world's tuple expert, and you totally just flubbed that. I'm pretty sure this is the only show in history that's ever sequentially, you know, serialized their their shows using these tuples. You're such an innovator. Amazing. But you know what? I, I hear another voice. I think we let somebody in somehow through the ether. Somebody. Who is it? Yeah, I don't know. So who who is that? My name is Mike. <laughs> I'm just laughing that I'm so happy I don't have to say November, November Trision Tepled or whatever the heck you said. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, but what Mike? What kind of Mike? Mike Olbinski. Thanks for having me on, you guys. It, I love your show and I'm excited to be back. Mike, so you, yes, yes, to, to refresh uh, our audience, you, you've been here before, haven't you? Yeah, I don't remember. What was it? Episode uh, early on. First, like five. I don't remember. I think you were actually our very first guest. Yeah, what an honor. This is so fascinating so far. (laughs) (laughs) And what else are we going to talk about? Something big happened this past week. This has been a a particularly big week uh, in photography, specifically around gear. Uh, And we're going to focus on Nikon, you know, for the pun there. But Nikon made some big waves. Sharky, I know you've been like for years kind of like wondering when is Nikon going to, you know, belly up and uh, enter into in earnest, enter into the mirrorless game and so today they 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 showed their cards. They waited years and perhaps they should have waited one or two more. All right, so that's going to tell you what we're going to be talking about here. We're getting that's into right. it. <laughs> so uh, okay, let's start here. I shoot Sony, I've shot Sony for 5 years since the first A7 came out before that I shot Canon. Uh Mike, what what do you shoot? Um, right now, I'm on a, kind of in a hybrid with, um, I do a lot of time lapse and still. So the time lapse, um, I'm still using Canon 5 DSRs. Um, but I bought um, a Sony A7R3, which is kind of my third camera to do, you know, just regular stills. That's where I kind of put my lightning trigger on it. Um, and, you know, I'll have it in my front seat to um, just shoot stills out the window. But that's kind of my main gear. I still have uh, 5D Mark IV as well. Like I carry along just in case I need another camera. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, so how many 5D RSs do you have? Uh, 5DSRs, I have two. Oh, 5 DSR. And then um, I have two you of have those. Two of them? I, that's my full time. Uh, that's what I time lapse with because, you know, I'll mix it up. I'll shoot a wide and I'll shoot with a 50 or a 135 to kind of get different views. Interesting. Sharky, what about you? So I shoot when I do shoot these days, which is not as much as it used to be. I shoot with a Nikon D850, which is, I'm just going to say it, the best DSLR perhaps ever. Yeah. Better than the D5. It's just it's a little bit of everything. It's great. And then also the Fujifilm X-T2, which Nicole also has. It's, there's just something about that. That's the camera I grab when like my parents are in town or whatever and going out. I don't want the big rig with me, but I want something that's fun. And it just reminds me of old school cameras. I grew up film cameras, but without shooting darn film, you know, And what, what were you shooting when you shot film uh, back in the day? What were you shooting with? So my last uh, film body was a Nikon F4S. And uh, before that, I, I shot Canon as well. I had a Canon EOS one is back in like 1990-ish or so, a Canon T70. I had a Canon A1. Oh, At yeah. one time A1 I was shooting, I had, 
<laughs> yeah. At one time, I had a Mamiya RB67. You're old, aren't you? Yeah, I'm old. I'm going to be 48 <laughs> soon. I'm old. But um, so I've shot a bunch, you know, and then just in the digital era, I've shot Canon, I've shot Nikon, I've shot, well, you know, Hasselblad, you know, with an old sponsor of ours. And uh, I don't know. Will I be shooting Nikon Z? Let's see. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's, so it's good. The reason why I ask, it's, it, it's good because between the three of us, we cover pretty much the gamut of all the kind of major players. I didn't hear Panasonic come up, but that's okay. Micro Four Thirds has a place uh, you know, for, for some photographers. But so here's the thing. This week on Tuesday, I believe it was, Nikon came out and everyone knew this was happening. You know, Nikon's been teasing this for the past few weeks, uh, but they everyone has been wondering when when are canon and nikon going to answer or you know take the gauntlet and throw it in sony's face because sony's been essentially just dominating i mean just completely dominating they started from you know just the mirrorless space and then they just took over just overall cameras you know everyone's looking at at, at sony so people are wondering when when are they going to have their own mirrorless systems canon and nikon and so nikon answered this week with the z7 and the z6 not Z. sorry for everyone canadians and stuff this nikon is very explicit sort of like with uh, apple saying that's the iphone 10 and not the iphone x uh they have the z7 and z6 and from what i can tell this strategy is very much pitting against sony's two most popular cameras the z7 is going against the a7r mark iii and the Z6 is going more towards the A7 Mark III, which is kind of Sony's utility player. So before, and I know we have gripes about it, but just off of uh, the announcements, and, and one thing also is that it's a new mount. This was something that we always knew, and Canon's going to have the same, not issue, but the same obstacle. With a new mirrorless system, they need to have a new mount. So they have their Z mount, which is, a, I think, the largest mount I've ever seen. It's a quite a massive mount which will require an adapter um but uh what are your thoughts both of you just on the announcement itself not necessarily cutting up any specific uh bad points yet um i mean i looked at it briefly but the one thing that jumped out at me that i kind of saw someone bring up and then i was like what is that and i know sharky's mad too but that it does it only has a single slot for one card not dual slots and I'm just flabbergasted that they would release a camera that with this much anticipate anticipation that people are going to be like, well, do I want to spend my money on this when they probably going to come out with another one with dual slots at some point? I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to jump on it. But um, in this day and age, I mean, my since I've had my Mark III, I've had dual slots. The Mark IV has it. The 5DSR has it. The Sony A7R III has it. And I just can't imagine. I mean, I, I know it's not like the most important thing in the world, but... I love that, you know, if you're out shooting portraits, weddings, whatever with this camera, having a backup um, card to write to is such a stress reliever. And I don't know, it's it's super important to me now. I just can't believe you would release a camera without having that. Well, OK, I get that. And I, but I did not want to talk about the negatives yet. <laughs> That's the thing, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped right in it. I, I OK, fine. Let's just jump in it then. I know, Sharky, you also are not a fan. And I, I'm with you here about the dual slots. But Sharky, say your piece. This, oh, just, I'm triggered now, I tell you. <laughs> the Nikon is stunningly out of touch by putting just one card slot. They're lower priced, well, fairly lower priced. DSRs have two card slots. I've had two card slots forever now. Listen, 
if you're going to, I don't want to get into the whole pro versus what's a pro camera, what's not, you know, whatever camera's in my hand is the pro camera, blah, 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 all that crap. But if you're shooting weddings, like Mike said, and stuff that's mission critical, especially weddings, and your card fails, you're out of business. You're getting sued. You're just, imagine that feeling right there. I'm telling people on my show, episode 295, do not buy the Nikon Z system if that is what you do. If you're shooting landscapes or whatever, and it's not mission critical, go for it. Knock yourself out with those three lenses. And then you're going to adapt the rest. They have an FTZ adapter. That's Nikon F to Nikon Z. That's 250 bucks unless you buy a Nikon uh, Z6 or Z7 by the end of 2018 and you get 100 bucks off. And, uh, you know, early reviews are the focus isn't super great. It has face detection instead of eye autofocus, and it misses a lot, apparently. We're talking like the Northrops and, you know, Jared, Fro, and other people who've actually had hands on it in a controlled setting that Nikon put on. No one seems impressed, except for the Nikon ambassadors, of which we know a lot of them. (laughs) And, you know, not not to throw... Not to throw any shade, but, you know, they kind of have to say nice things about them. And it's funny because everyone else, including, you know, Brian Smith from Sony, you know, Sony Artisan and others are just like, this is crazy. Like, no, you know, two card slots, et cetera, et cetera. But all the Nikon ambassadors and Nikon fanboys who and girls who poo-pooed mirrorless forever, they're like, oh, they're all about it. It's like, this is the greatest thing. And they're like, it's okay that it only has one card slot. And these were the same people that poo-pooed early Sony's for having one card slot. So there's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of, you got to like cut through the nonsense. And and you made my point. Here's the thing. I I mean, there are, I'm sure there are a lot of people who I was Sony team Sony from day one with an a seven. And in the early days, man, it was rough going. You, uh, You know, the people who today are switching over to Sony, they have no idea. The original, like the A7R, I remember people were freaking out because of how loud the shutter was. It was like this double chunk chunk. Um, <laughs> and and lens, of course, lenses were, the 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 uh, lens system was not nearly as mature as it is today. Like you said, single card slot, smaller battery, smaller uh, handle, the cabinet where you hold the, the camera was smaller. The buffer is only 18 shots on these things. 18 and your buffer fills. I know, but... but <laughs> on one hand, I, I, I don't understand. On one hand, I'm on with, with you guys. Like Nikon had the the blessing of, I guess, not foresight, but basically being able to see the mistakes or the hurdles that Sony uh, had encountered and then eventually just started jumping over. I don't know what product manager thought it was a good idea to put one card slot uh, uh, and and with that, they're also uh, they they announced this new XQD memory card slot. Like, well, and they're selling it themselves, right? Isn't that what I saw? That they have their own Nikon, so now it's like a separate product where they can make more money. I guess. But XQD's been in. Uh, that's what's in my D850. That was, I think, maybe in the D750. So it's been around in Nikon bodies for a while now. My D4S, I think, had one XQD. And- but these are like new cards, uh, like ones, I think, 120 gigabyte, which is kind of cool. And the, the thing about, okay. that I like about it is that they're super fast. Like they're 400 megabyte write and 440 megabit uh, or megabyte read. But it's just one of those things where it, it it's just another thing that you have to manage. Uh, and and I don't know if other cameras that support XQD, and I'm, I don't know, honestly, I, I don't know if Sony support them. Everyone's pretty much on on SD cards that I know of. 
Yeah, I mean, I use CF cards for the for the cannons, obviously, but I also but they have the dual slot, which is an SD slot, so I'm able to use both. And then the Sony has the two SD slots, so I can use so I can interchange those, which is fantastic. But kind of going to your point, it's kind of funny because you said the early releases of the Sony were such a struggle for you, and that's exactly why it took me till the A7R3 to actually buy one. And and I know everyone loves Sony, but even with that one, I'm like, man, the dust spots are such a problem on this. I'm not going to be able to time lapse on this this year because it's going to frustrate me because of how close that sensor is to the front. But you're right. With Nikon, they've had so much time to see every single thing that Sony has done and where they finally basically got this A7R3 to a place where, okay, this is a solid camera that can that people can now use where the battery life is great, dual slots, fast. You can actually, for time lapse, you can do one second intervals now like crazy with a fast um, SD card. Um, but so for Nikon to kind of see all that and then to throw this out, it's almost like, well, now people are going to do the same thing. Well, I would really like to jump on board Nikon right now, but maybe there's a couple of things about this camera. If the focus is slow and that buffer is bad and they don't have the dual slots, I'm probably going to wait. And I feel like that's just such a big miss because you had all this time to just get it right. Seriously, it's like they stumbled at the finish line, right? At, at In the end zone. They Just before the end zone, they stumbled. So if yeah. you're thinking, if you've been a, a Nikon fanboy, or just, you know, you shoot Nikon and you've waited all this time and you're like, I want to see what Nikon's doing in the mirrorless yep. arena and then I'll decide to switch. I think at this point, you might just go on over to Sony, right? Because think about if you're going to, if you're going to have to use that FTZ as adapter and if it's not like just perfect, then it's pointless. And so you're going to have to wait years for native Z mount lenses. They've got three lenses. They're all hyped up because they have that 55 millimeter uh, diameter, you know, uh, lens mount and they can do F 0.95 or no 0.95 lenses. However, they're manual focus. So good luck focusing at (laughs) 0.95. You're going to get a sheet of paper in focus. So it's all smoke and mirrors. It's like, look what we can do with our big mount. But you're going to be so disappointed with that. So I'm just really. That's because, I mean, if you were to put an autofocus system in a 0.95, 58 millimeter lens, I think it's 58 millimeter, right? Um, That lens would be gigantic. It would be heavy and it would be super expensive as it is. It's going to be expensive. You know, and, and you're right that this new that 0.95 lens is all about a proof of concept. Like this is what we can do. We don't know, you know, down the line what other kind of lenses will benefit from that super uh, large diameter for the mount. But one of the things that they are saying is that it is that mount itself, in theory, can be a it's a very adaptable mount. I am interested to see if companies are going to make uh, adapters for Sony lenses and for, of course, all the other um, you know existing uh, legacy lenses that are out there and, and Canon lenses. But I don't see, and, and Sharky, I agree with you here. So now that Nikon's cards are out, of course, we've got Canon, which arguably is, uh, I think m- most people are waiting to see what, what Canon's doing. But I don't see any Sony people switching over to this uh, at all no way no way if i was a nikon user like sharky i'd be i've already been told by a friend of mine who's a big time uh, commercial videographer and time lapser to he's like you need to be on the d850 mike that thing i don't know what the megapixels are on that one what are what is it sharky it's like 45.6 right so so that's good enough for the time lapse stuff i do to do 8k time lapse and he's like this is what um you should be on because this thing can do everything. And um, to me, if I was a Nikon user, I'd look at this camera and be like, well, I'm not either I'm going to switch to Sony or I'm just going to stay with this D850. 
Well, I think people should wait to see what Canon comes out with because I guarantee you they're going to have two card slots in their cameras and they're <laughs> going to just do it right. They've got look, they've got dual pixel autofocus. Those those cameras are going to be amazing. And then you're going to go, well, why couldn't Nikon do that? And Nikon is just hosed. I'm telling you, oh, listen to episode 295. Nikon's <laughs> not going to be happy with me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, uh, again, one of the things to remember is cameras like these. These are in development for years, like years. And once you get, so so think about it. Let's look at Sony. Once the A7 and the A7R came out, then uh, I don't remember, a short time after that, the A7S came out. And then the Mark IIs came out within a year. And it got to a point where people were like, all right, Sony, uh, Sony slow down, because someone would buy a camera, and then within six months, right. a new version, either a different R or S or, or A7 series would come out, or... Um, it would, you know, the, you would never know when to invest. We've seen now a decent amount of time with Sony. We're waiting for Sony probably to, to release an A7S Mark III, which makes sense. But then they had their A9. Point is, once the platform gets out there, I believe you'll start. To, so I, I would, I'd be willing to bet we would see a Z7 Mark II uh, or whatever their, their naming convention is within a year. We're going to see um, some updates uh, that, you know, it's a weird thing. Product management and product development is a very weird thing for these, especially for, for these kind of Japanese companies that are very, very uh, mired in uh, kind of a certain way of doing things. Is It can be very slow rolling. Uh, and, and I do give Sony credit because, you know, they, they have been, this is what, when you innovate rapidly, this is what success looks like. I mean, Sony just took the number one spot, which was a huge deal. Uh, yeah. And... But it's not like this. They just came out of the gate swinging. They were just they they were they get points because they were the first ones to kind of nut up and put out a full frame mirrorless system, interchangeable lens mirrorless system. No one had done that. Um, you know, they were they had their uh, RX one R or their RX one, which was a full frame integrated mirrorless with a with a thirty five millimeters ice lens. But when the A seven, I have an A seven. You know, it's my infrared one. And I look at that thing and I'm like, oh man, this thing is just like, it's like almost like a relic, like looking at an old Nintendo, like, wow, you know, this is where we came from. <laughs> and, and so I, I don't know, I, I've never shot Nikon, never. Uh, I just, I've never owned a Nikon camera. I've always been a Canon guy. Um, I am very interested. I, 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 I would be willing to bet and I'll, I, you know, I want you guys, I want to get your guys take. I would be willing to bet that Canon's first mirrorless will not have dual card slot. Huh. I would think it would at least because all their cameras have had it. But uh, I guess since it's a mirrorless and it's smaller, maybe they're, maybe they're in the same boat as Nikon. I don't know. God, I hope not. And at that recent event in New York City, a lot of the, I think uh, Jared and some others said that they talked to the engineers there and they said the reason why they didn't do two card slots was to make it smaller. But the, I think the whole lighter mm -hmm. and smaller thing, that ship is sailed. God, I I can make it a little bit smaller, but come on, you need cameras that fit your hands. Yes. If you had a little bit bigger camera, you could have a bigger battery. You know, their solution is, well, we've got a uh, MB whatever D10 something uh, battery, you know, vertical grip adapter where you can have more battery juice. These are mirrorless cameras. They need a huge amount of power, you know? So yeah. you go with an ENEL 15B uh, battery that doesn't give you as many. It, it's rated for like 330 shots on this on these cameras. But in reality, people are getting like five, six hundred. But still, come on. Two card yeah. slots, a bigger battery. 
Why? Just why? It, they, it's so uh, funny. It's so funny because I'm the same. I kind of feel the same way over the last like couple of years hearing about mirrorless. I'm like, I don't want my mirrorless camera to be so tiny. And that's the whole point is that it's lightweight. Like I want it to fit in my hands. I want it to feel usable. And that's even this, you know, the A7R3, I like it. I like the files. That's really what I like the most, but they still are small in my hands. And I don't know why that is such a big deal. I don't, I just never feel like I've heard people say, I just wish my camera was the size of a credit card. Like I don't, I've never said that. I want it to be bulky. I want me to, I want it to be um, sturdy and durable. And, and so I wish, you know, that Canon would, when they come out with their mirrorless, that they don't go for that small size, maybe smaller, but not having that mirror is going to already lose them some size anyway, but give it some heft and give it some use, um, some usability where the controls are all in the right places. Uh, you're, uh, Sharky, the, people are saying though, that with the Nikons, that they are actually more rugged and more weather sealed or better weather sealed. Is that correct? Yeah. It, what they, the engineer said is it has the same weather sealing as the D850, which is Excellent. It's the latest awesome. and greatest. They do weather sealing incredibly well. Probably better than Canon. Probably better, definitely better than Sony. You know, oh, yeah. the, the Sonys I mean, in my Fujifilm X-T2, they just feel, they're smaller. They feel fragile. You don't want to get them wet. It's probably okay, but probably is really not, you know, where you want to be. That's living out on the edge a little too much. But I think you're going to back me up on this. When Sony and the other mirrorless makers came out, they couldn't really win on technology because it wasn't quite there yet. You could see where it was going. So the, the selling point was smaller and lighter. This is the system you want to get so you don't have to lug around those heavy cameras that you didn't complain about just three days ago. You know, all of a sudden now you have to think smaller and lighter. And that's what they went with. And I've been saying literally go back three years on my show or longer. I want a camera. I'm 6'4". I've got big hands, but most people don't, right? But you want a camera that fits well in your hand that works the way that your current camera, your DSLR does. And these Nikons are pretty much like their DSLRs. They look and kind of feel like it. It's kind of like a hybrid. Everything is where you expect it to be. It doesn't have that left row of buttons, but that's fine. You hardly ever use those anyhow. But they, a little bit bigger would have been fine. Bigger battery, two card slots. You know you're going to need two card slots eventually. How do you call these pro cameras? I mean, the, the Z6 is $2,000 US. It's $3,400 for the uh, D7 or no, the Z7. I'm sorry. And it's going to have to, we're going to get used to that now. And uh, it, so these are pro level, supposedly bodies without pro features yeah. right now. I mean, you well, need I mean, that second card slide. You're done. If, if you're, you're, if you haven't had a card fail yet, you're just you're one of those people that they're going to your card is going to fail in the future. It's going to happen. We'll see. I mean, listen, I, I completely I, the, the dual card slot, I think, is a sticking point for a lot of people. And here's why. Because Sony has it. if Sony didn't have it yet, no one would be talking about it. But because Sony iterated uh, and has had it. And like you said, Mike, Canon's had it forever on. Ever, I would still think that if they if Sony didn't have it, if Nikon came out with a single one, I'd still be like you couldn't top them by having a dual card slot. I still think it would be. An issue for me because every camera that's a pro camera, if it costs you that much money, it should have two slots. Just they it. have them in their DSLRs. They know yeah. the benefits of having two card slots. They put them in their DSLRs for a reason. And then they come out with this new camera system and they see what Sony's doing. They're like, you know what? Let's go the other way. Let's go back to one card slot. That's well, dumb. Listen, they they, they yeah. did to, to give them some credit. There are things that I am also excited about 
not that I'm ever going to use it, but like <laughs> I do know that that the Z7 they they really kind of trounced Sony uh, if we're comparing the Z7 versus the A7R3 with um, you know their phase detection autofocus points. Uh, Sony's come in just under with uh, 400 with 399 points, and Nikon's got 493. So in that respect, you know that's uh, that's impressive. However, Shark, you said earlier that you read from people's feedback that autofocus is not very consistent or reliable which could be a, a huge deal breaker um it yeah. has in-body image stabilization which is good i'm looking at photos and i'm comparing between the a7 r3 and the the z7 and i'm looking at the cabinet and the cabinet is that area where your your hand holds the grip that where your hand holds and it looks like the z7 is actually larger than the a7r mark 3 which is to me it's still baffling because that's where your sd cards go and so i don't know <laughs> man i'm i'm kind of disappointed in that respect um but I don't know. I don't know. You, to me, it's one of those things that um, I. This is totally unrelated, but I laugh at my my new Apple um, mouse that has the uh, charging port on the bottom, and I'm it like, why works. would you do that? Why would you freaking do that? And yeah. so, to me, like, why would you release a camera like this? It's just one of those things. Like, you know what? I, if I was Nikon right now, I'd be like, wait a second, we need to redesign this and get dual slots in there before we release this next week. Like, we need to do this right now. But that's just a poor decision to me. I guarantee. Mark II in a year from now is going to have um, they're going to have more lenses out and they're going to have dual yep. cards. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, like, and that's what Sony did. Yeah. And so that makes sense. Like, hey, maybe they have to still have the same baby steps and growth to where they become a leader in this in the mirrorless industry. It's just it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of a bummer for them that they've had all the they've had Sony lead them and they kind of still made some mistakes. They should have been able to come out um, ahead like right away. I'm not going to give them any slack on this they've had years <laughs> to see what sony did exactly now, think about it all sony users and sony executives are doing a happy dance because they know it's at least a year until those cameras are gonna have better autofocus two card slots and all the things that nikon users were hoping to have so that's a year more of sony domination yeah. Yep. Nikon completely missed the boat. They need to rev these things like pronto. I hope they have a two-card slot prototype ready to go. Crank that sucker out. Nikon, you failed. <laughs> no. Woo! Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually excited. It's a photo Kina year. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, Canon kind of comes to the plate. God, I'm praying for Canon, man. I am praying. I'm praying for... I don't know I've, the mirrorless that I'm like going to jump on board, but... I've heard some good stuff about, um, I've heard that the 5DSR Mark II, if that actually happens, is supposed to be pretty great. So if <laughs> I'm praying that it is. I'm praying that it's better megapixels and better dynamic range and all that. But I'm very, very curious to see what the mirrorless is because I just don't want to, you know, I love some of my, my Canon lenses that 11 to 24 is probably like one of the best lenses that you can have. And I do not want to jump ship to Nikon even as much as I love that D850, but I'm, I'm super curious about the mirrorless because I'd like to, I'd like to see what that's like. Have you tried uh, Sony's 12 to 24? The which one? Sony has their 12 to 24. Oh, no. No, I've never. Nope. I'd be interested in your take. I've got one. Uh, Pretty sharp. It is. The only thing that I hate about it, and this is true of the uh, same thing with Nikon's ultrawide, and, and I believe with Sony or with Canon's ultrawide, with the, the bulbous front element, is that if you want to use any sort of filter, first of all, I, yeah. uh, I, and I bought, I invested in, in this uh, photodiox uh, filter system uh, with their polarizer. And it, I just got these really awful results where I was getting these kind of like counter corner vignettes. Only two of the corners yeah. 
opposite yeah you almost have to crop in a little exactly. bit every photo exactly yep. and, and and that's that, that's the wonder panner right yep i got that kit i oh i want to say the 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 i love the system it's a well-built system i have nothing and uh it's great to use uh with nd filters like uh format high tech sent me mm-hmm. these are these four millimeter super expensive fill nd filters that they use these are the filters they use on rogue one and um one i think the uh the um last jedi but go irish <laughs> there, you said nd filters right and a graduated yes. nd is one that's completed studies there in south bend all right go ahead thank you Sharky. dad joke it took a while it wasn't it wasn't a bad that was one. a pretty was just, hardcore deep thought dad joke yeah no but uh, my point is um no matter what i think once you're getting into the ultra wide uh area like uh, wider than 14 polarizers become something that uh you almost can't use because the, the, yeah. the, it just, and it's, it's unfortunate. I have that Sigma art, um, the new one, the 14 uh, to 24, the four, is that what it is? Um, but I have the, the, their latest Sigma art wide one and it's, it, it's great, but it's the same thing as the 11 to 24 Canon. You just, I had that, I bought that wonder panic kit and I'm, you know, at least the stuff I do with storms, I'm, I'm working so fast that using those filters is, you know, it's just not, it, it doesn't work for me. Um, I wish sometimes I could because, you know, lightning is a lot better with a slower shutter speed. So um, putting a big old filter on the front of that with an ND to kind of slow it down a little bit would be nice. But, um, and time-lapsing clouds and bright daylight and all that kind of stuff. But that, it's such a difficult thing. The Canon doesn't have a rear slot for like a gel filter? It, uh, I guess it, I guess it does. I've never looked into it. I've never heard like amazing things about that, but I should, I should probably look into that more. I'm just... I fly by the seat of my pants too much and don't actually research the uh, the gear all the way. Look into it because uh, when, uh, with my 15, my Funk Buster, that has a rear slot. You know, yeah, I should check that. Uh, it, I don't know. The thing is, I don't. You're basically using gel. You're not using right. glass, and so I don't right. know what sort of trade off you would get in terms of sharpness. Which obviously, with your kind of work, uh, sharpness is kind of critical. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we got way off topic, but. I, I want to ask you guys, uh, yeah. this is something I was thinking about recently. I think we're in a, in a post flagship model kind of era, like back in the day, like I did Nikon D4S that was like 6,500 bucks. You don't have to get these cameras that we once lusted after like the best of the best that Nikon and Canon everybody makes because these cameras that are like half the price are amazing, right? Have you ever thought about that? It's like, whoa, no, the D5, like who cares? Like, you know, the one DX Mark 17, who cares? You don't really need those anymore. You're hundred percent right. Um, but the, my problem is with all these, for instance, let's go back to Sony. So here's a thing where I I lost it. I almost threw a a tossed a $4,500 a nine camera through my window because of how a ridiculous move on Sony's part. So, uh, you know, I use my a nine, I have two cameras on either side of me that I use to record video in my, in my home office. So I like to record using uh, a picture profile with S log, uh, you know, just a, S-Log basically gives you a, a lower contrast, a kind of slightly desaturated video file. And the reason for that is when you color grade in post, the, it's a, you get a lot more latitude to, to color grade your video right. when it's flat. I'm going, the, I never, I guess I never used the A9 as my main camera. I spent an hour going through every single menu looking for the picture profile mode. Like, where is it? Finally, I decided, I, I, I actually wised up and went to Google. Turns out Sony, I guess, decided not to include picture profiles on the A9 because I guess they didn't want it to cannibalize or, or compete with their other lines like the A7S. And this is what Sharky, like, my concern with all these models, these, you know, is 
you know, uh, an unsuspecting buyer, you would think if you drop $4,500 or however much an A9 costs, you would have every single feature you could possibly have. The only difference would be the resolution of the sensor, which you know up front, and some other things, you know, whatever the, you know, difference uh, between an R and an S is. But something like Picture Profile, which is purely software, when I saw that didn't have it, 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 it I went, I became a lunatic. <laughs> it's easy to trigger you it's like what i don't i can't do picture profiles why did i spend 4500 bucks well so you say with flagships like i don't think that there are flagships really anymore they are just kind of best in breed models for the intent of the photographer like mike you know i would say for mike you could tell me uh you can tell Mm -hmm. me differently but for you i would say you're more of the kind of the a7r style the guy you need more resolution or you need as much resolution as possible yep yep and dynamic range but I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I use these cameras and they're good, but I know like probably the ones I have, um, even the A7R three is probably not like the best sports photography. You need the big bulky, like high speed, high shooting ones that have got, you know, good ISO so that you can really capture it. I mean, so I don't know. That's when I, when I think of flagship, you know, I have a buddy that does sports photography. And he still uses those one DXs or whatever for all that. And, um, you know, for me though, I don't, I don't need any of those. I mean, that's, that's kind of a realm I don't exist in. Yeah, I mean that's where I think an a, an A nine these high frame rate cameras right. are, are 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 making waves. But I just don't know with with flagship Sharky. Like I agree with you, and it's the same thing. You can bring it to to the phone, mobile phones. Like there are no flagships anymore. It's just you you find a a, a phone or a camera in this case based on the needs that you you know you want. Like and and. Yeah. It used to be that you had to sacrifice, right, Sharky? You'd have to sacrifice. If you didn't get the flagship, you got a different model, you had to sacrifice quality or something. But here, it's like all these cameras, I think uh, Sharky confirmed that's the point you're trying to make. All these cameras actually do really, really well. Well, look at the Nikon D850. So it's 45 point whatever, seven megapixels. You c- And it's it's quick. You could shoot sports with it. You could you know go down to a, a lower resolution if you needed to, if you wanted to do that. And you, but you could shoot sports with it. The D810 and the D800 before it, you wouldn't even think to shoot sports. Those were the high megapixel, you know, that you're shooting landscapes and portrait kind of things. Look what Sony did. Sony did something smart. They decided to go with mission-specific bodies. So you got your high-res body. You have your low-light body. You've got your, you know, does-everything kind of body. You've got your really cheap one, the A6000, which we're shooting. I'm shooting video with mine right now so we can see each other and such. And, you know, that was like 400 bucks. And that thing did... I shot sports with it. You know, you could do all kinds of things with these new bodies. It's getting to the point where just about any body you're going to buy is going to be great for you. Just get the one that's more tailored for what you do and you're good. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I've made this argument um, with some friends in the past because people, you know, you need to switch to Sony. You need to switch to Nikon. And and I'm like, you know what? Ever since even my Mark Three or Mark Four cameras are all pretty stinking good. I mean, people used to do wedding photography on 5Ds and do an outstanding job. And here I am with a 5D Mark IV that has a touchscreen focus, great ISO, dual slot. Like I'm like, what other camera would I ever possibly need to shoot a wedding that could be any better other than, yeah, I guess if I could shoot 25,000 ISO in the dark and get great portraits and not a lot of noise, I guess that's something to think about. But how often do I ever do that? And you know, maybe that's because my camera can't do that. But for the most part, every camera that's out there now it's pretty amazing. And so that's why sometimes I laugh at like the whole gear arguments in general. You know what? People give me crap. Like you're shooting the five DSRs. I'm like, you know what? They're pretty good. They still, they, you're down the low ISO. They've got good dynamic range. And 
they're not bad. They're not the best, but they're not bad. They're still better than what was out five years ago. And sure. people were doing this stuff five years ago. So I don't know. Sometimes the whole gear stuff kind of makes me laugh. I'm like, we are all shooting with the best cameras that have ever been made. And and yet we complain that we don't have the latest one and the latest and greatest. You're like, but, but the one three years ago wasn't as good. So anyway, that always makes me laugh. Yeah, I, I think that going forward, the th- the if there was one thing that I would love to see cameras iterate on and improve, it would be kind of dynamic range. I think that is, if we're, if photography, when you boil it down, is all about light, light yep. and, and the absence of light and how well that camera sensor can extrapolate data in, in the brightest parts and the darkest parts of the image without forcing you to have to do some god-awful HDR. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, well, I, it's I, a lot to the point now where you don't have to do H. You can, you right. can use single brackets on these and not do that. And right. that's, and, it, and I agree with you that the better that gets, the, the better things are going to be. Like I always say on my show, think about what we're going to have in the future. Look, you know, the mom and the dad who are shooting their kids, you know, a gymnastics meet or let's just say indoor sports, like, you know, basketball and such. In the past, they just, they couldn't get great shots. It was too dark. There was a lot of blur. Now it's getting to the point where mom and dad can take care of business themselves. So that really screws photographers who want to sell photos and such. That's where you got to be better. You have to, you know, improve yourself. And you're going to be able to get a properly exposed image. You're going to be able to nail the action. You might not be at the best angle or whatever, but things are getting to the point where you have enough ISO, you have enough dynamic range. Just we live in great times. We really can't complain unless your camera has one card slot. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I, I, to, to, to wrap this up, and I think we, we, we should wrap up the show. And I, uh, I want to have Mike back soon for the storm chasing stuff. I know we didn't talk about it, but yeah. Sharky, I agree with you here 100%. I think that there are certain things, if you want to call it a pro camera, there are certain prerequisites that you should have. And, uh, well, you know, of course, uh, you know, AF consistency and speed, uh, f- being able to um, to have good dynamic range, to Mike's point. But then things like, exactly like you said, dual card slot. I, I think it's a, I don't know if I would go so far as call it a fatal flaw. I do think that, again, because Sony has these on the market, because people can, you know, see, hey, there's a full frame mirrorless camera with the same resolution, same giant sensor. They have two car- card slots. Why don't I do I want to drop thirty six hundred dollars on this camera right now? Um, especially they've Nikon's made people wait this long as was Sony. The same thing when the a7, a7R came out, there were only three lenses that came out. And I think they were some of the, like the same lenses that Nikon has now. Um, and they sucked. I mean, they were, they were, I mean, the 5518 is still one of the Sony's, uh, Sony's ice is, is still a phenomenal lens, but it took a long time. It took a while before we had a 1635. Uh, and then Sony started making their F 2.8 lenses. Um, and then we're just now starting to see the, the Sigmas and the Tamrons. Well, no, Tamron doesn't make, um, Sony lenses. I don't think, um, but uh, the, the Loa lenses, you're starting to see more people adopt the, the full frame E-mount lens or mount. But listen, you're not willing to say it was a fatal flaw, but it is a fatal flaw. Nikon really missed the boat right here. Like I said, you why would you go to Nikon mirrorless right now if you were a Canon person or you shot Pentax for, you know, the three people out there to shoot Pentax or who, whatever? <laughs> You wouldn't go to Nikon mirrorless. You're going to choose the Sony system. You have all those native lenses, great stellar lenses. Sony's the one that's innovating. You you have Nikon. They saw what Sony was doing and others. They come out with one card slot and the autofocus isn't that great and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you go, really? After all this time, 
I'm going to just go. The Sony system is fleshed out. It's great. It's humming along. And Nikon is just like, hey, you know, hang in there with us, guys. No. Okay, so then fine. What about Canon, Mike? So what does Canon need to do for you to like drop your A7R3, your your 5D uh, SR, RS, RS, SR? <laughs> SR. <laughs> God, what an awful, awful model. That's because no one knows that camera except me. <laughs> but I mean, what do you need? Because I, I agree with Sharky. I don't see anyone. Uh, this Nikon camera, I think, is only for Nikon people. I don't know anyone who's like a Sony or Canon person. Like, oh, oh yes, <laughs> like time to. to no, Nikon I, I think prayers. the problem is is Nikon needed to come out with there. The problem with coming after Sony is you have to come out with the perfect camera to compete with them, and it doesn't seem like they did that. And so for Canon. To me, they've. I I pray that they have seen everything Sony's done and seen the early flaws that they had, and are going to come out with a camera that's going to blow everybody away. And I don't know exactly what that is, but I know it's got to have everything that the A7R3 has now, and then whatever else um, that's innovative on top of that. And I can't think of that right now, but I think, but I think to have that range, that di- to have a sensor that has a dynamic range of a Sony or a Nikon D850, they have to have that. They need that. Listen, Nikon didn't even have to come out with something that was a Sony killer. They just needed to match Sony so the Nikon users who were thinking about going Sony or jump and ship would stay. So now they've lost those people. People are really... uh, Listen, I get tons of messages, right? And people are ticked off. They're jumping over to Sony now. They're like, I'm done with Nikon. They failed me. I don't want to adapt. I want eye autofocus. I want two card slots, right? It's like the yeah. Grand Tetons. I want it two seems like card a, slots. It seems like <laughs> such a tiny thing. It's like a tiny thing. Like who cares about two card slots? But it, to me, it's more of an indication of the overall design of it and the thought that went into it and that you didn't you didn't put your best effort forward. And that's and to me, that means exactly what Sharky said. Nobody, no one is going to switch to Nikon for this. And and so anyone that's thinking about switching to Sony that's a Nikon user, they might be like, that's the last straw. Just like Canon. If Canon comes out with something and it's just like this, Canon is screwed. I mean, they're going to, people are just going to jump ship for Sony. Absolutely. If they've been waiting this long to see what Canon does. Especially because Canon lenses can be mounted to Sony super easily. I mean, it's right. That's why I had. That's why I got this the A7R3. Is it was easy to buy an adapter to use all my lenses. Yeah, I, I'm. I I think I'm excited for us to have this next. Uh, you know, a follow up with with Canon's version of this. But it looks like uh-huh. yeah, sounds like I think uh, no one's very impressed right now. Um, and with that, unless anyone has anything else to say about this, I think we should move on to our uh, our question, our, our final question of the show. And what is that, Brian? Don't you usually ask me? <laughs> I don't know. Mike. We haven't done this in a while. <laughs> Mike, what is the question? Hey, hey, guys, what's on your gear shelf? Oh, oh I'm so glad we have our guests. That's here. the question, right? That's the question. <laughs> um, I, I'll start here because uh, I just use this and, and I'm very, I, I, I reaffirm how much I love it. But it's, I'll show it to you guys here. It's this. Um, it's a Peak Design bag. It's the Everyday Sling 5L. Um, so this is a little thing. I never use these kinds of small little bags, but. Um, more and more we have beautiful weather here in the summer in Portland and there are these street fairs every day or every weekend rather. And so usually for those, I just want to take like a camera and one or two lenses. Um, but I don't want to take, you know, the only bags I really have left are my Shimoda bags. Those are way too big. So, um, this everyday sling is, it's just perfect. The five L it holds my A7R three with two lenses, like extra batteries and, you know, lens cloth and all this stuff. And it's perfect. It's comfortable. 
and it also supports i use those uh the pro clips the pro capture clip um i don't use camera straps very often so um it supports that and it's just a great little pouch so um highly recommended if someone's just looking for something small and lightweight uh inconspicuous uh it's the everyday sling 5l by peak design awesome mike what's on your gear shelf Okay, I don't know if this is going to be a little different, but um, I was just thinking about it because I'm like, oh, crap, I don't really have something on my gear shelf that I thought of right now. But I get asked, obviously, whenever I shoot lightning and I post a lot of lightning photos, people always ask me, like, how do you do that? Or I get interviewed like on a radio station or a TV station where they're like, hey, what can beginners do to take pictures of lightning? And they don't have much like they have their phone. And so for me, like my gear pick, because it's storm chasing related is to pop open your phone and go to video. And if you have that slow motion feature, point it at a storm and shoot lightning with slow-mo video. And so it's kind of like a feature I think not everybody knows that their phones have. I mean, all the latest iPhones have it. I'm sure the Samsungs and Googles probably have a really slow-mo, like 120 frames a second or 240 frames a second. But it's a little feature that I don't think people realize can be very useful for not just like shooting your kids jumping a swimming pool like I did today. But... You see a storm and you see lightning falling, hold your camera up there, your phone up there, slow-mo and see what, see the magic that happens when you capture that and you look back later because you see a flash and like, oh, that was cool. And you play it back and you might actually see it slowly crawl to the ground and you might see more than your eye actually saw. And it's a real simple way to, to capture a bolt of lightning on your silly phone and edit it and post it to Facebook within like five minutes if you want to see want to get something kind of cool. And it's the easiest way for for someone to shoot lightning without having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a good DSLR. How are we supposed to link a product to a feature <laughs> on a camera, on a phone? <laughs> no idea, but that's what popped in my head. I'll so figure it go. out. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Sharky, what about you? <laughs> my pick, I can't remember if I picked this before, but it's the Hoodman Hood Loop. You know, they, they have them for all kinds of different sizes. They're about 90 bucks. I think I bought one years ago. If you're not shooting mirrorless, you know, if you've got your eye to the EVF. Oh, and I wanted to say those the Nikon uh, Z7 and Z6 have excellent EVFs. So I was talking to Jordan Drake from uh, DP Review TV, formerly, you know, with Chris Nichols from the Camera Store TV, those guys up in Canada, Calgary. Eh? And he was saying the EVF is legit. It has gotten to the point where... You don't even know if you're, you know, looking at it through the lens, bounced an image bounced off the mirror or a TV screen inside your camera. So wow. that's something good, I should say. It's a, it's finally come along. But if you don't have an EVF, you've got a DSLR like we do. Also, you know, you want to be able to see your image right on your screen. And if it's bright out, if you're doing shoots and you can't see it. You need to darken things up. So you use a Hoodman loop. You put it to the back LCD. You put your eye to the cup. You can adjust the uh, diopter and and you can see again. It's great. So there you go. Hoodman loop. About 90 bucks or so. Nice. Well, cool. Good deal. Awesome. Well, you know, Brian, it might have been because Mike was on here, but I think this was a great episode. What, what do you say? If we say so ourselves. <laughs> I, I would do say so. I definitely because of, because of Mike. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, why don't you, as uh, I'll take it from Sharky here, but why don't you tell us where people can find you? Um, well, if you can know how to spell my name, Mike, and the last name, O-L-B-I-N-S-K-I, you can Google my name and find um, my website and Twitter. I pretty much use my name for everything. So uh, MikeOlbinski.com and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What else? I don't know. There's too many. Oh, YouTube and Vimeo. I Someone told me the other day that you didn't mention YouTube and they're like someone who follows me on YouTube. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like, why don't I mention YouTube? 
but I'm, I've been really working hard on my YouTube channel. So um, I have lots of videos and stuff on there, not just uh, time-lapse films, but just random chasing dust storms and slow lightning strikes and whatever. So that's where, uh, that's mostly where you can find me. Yeah. If for some odd reason you haven't seen Mike's videos, especially his time lapses, uh, do yourselves a favor. I mean, these things just come kind of just stunning, stunning, absolutely stunning work. Um, and, uh, you, you will be better off, uh, watch it for watching it. So Sharky, what about you? That man. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> Um, I host the Petapixel Photography Podcast, and I didn't get that plug in early enough, so I'm slipping. (laughs) But uh, you'll find me on social, the socials, as Brian says, everywhere. I'm Lens Shark. I'm not Lens Shark. Again, I do not know that guy, so I'm not responsible for what he says. And uh, so uh, what else? LensShark.com slash deals for my offer codes. Go ahead and help support me. Uh, Brian. We're gonna, he's going to tell you in a second how you can support him as well, how we can make a couple extra bucks here and there doing this fun show that we do. And uh, that's, I don't know, that's about it. I can't think of anything else. So, Brian, where can people find you? Sure. Uh, well, first, you can find uh, me uh, at Brian Matias, B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H on all the major socials. Uh, and like uh, Mike said, definitely on YouTube, I've been spending more time uh, creating videos there. So, highly recommended. Uh, check it out. Uh, I'm, my website's matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H.com. And of course, uh, for all the show notes, if you want to, if you don't want to, uh, you know, remember how you have to, how to spell Mike or my name, just go to the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com and we'll have links to everything there. So you can just click or tap. Um, but uh, that's it. Awesome. So what do you say we clap it out? We have to, because I forgot we didn't clap at the beginning. So you won't be able to sync these tracks. <laughs> Thank you. Your job's yeah. done. Mine's just Let's beginning. Let's do it. Count <laughs> it right, down. Here we go. One, two. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. No, we won't. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Hey, what about me? Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. How about we do this again next episode? Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm.